0: Welcome to Showboys, a podcast that delves into the world of film and TV. Hosts Nick and Mike jump to light speed to a galaxy far far away and recap the latest adventures of our favorite bounty hunter and his little green cookie monster in this Space Odyssey spaghetti western. In this week's episode, the Mandalorian rejoins old allies for a new mission. So, what's the siege? are chapter 12 episode 4 halfway through season 2 no how how do you feel about that nick i'm 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 guessing by your response right there you're a little bummed that we're
1: well like watching episode 4 i was like cool yeah like we're for some reason i thought we're like one third through it and then by the end of it i was like you know what crap we're halfway through and that was kind of sad, just a little bit,
0: yeah, it's been moving pretty quickly, um but I mean, we still have four episodes left, so, yeah, you
1: know. I mean, I think they I think they set us up a little bit from on the first season to expect more filler, I mean, they're just making very aggressive story progress this season, I feel like, even though they're not, <laughs> it's weird,
0: you know what I mean, yeah, um yeah there there's a lot of interesting things that happened in this episode, uh that I'm excited to get into with you. Um, But I will say, I I just want to get this out of the way at the start. I felt like this episode moved way too quickly for kind of what was happening here. Um, Mm -hmm. And I'm kind of wondering why they feel the need to rush through episodes like last week's, you know, we were at 30, 30 minutes, right? Right around there for last week's episode, which was just packed to the brim with all kinds of crazy stuff. And then this week's episode, uh, I feel like probably could have filled two 40 minute episodes, you know? Um, mm. Like, I mean, just the siege on the Imperial base that we'll get to later. Like, I feel like that could have just been an episode all in itself, and that actually took place in, like, three minutes or something crazy. Um, but yeah, so so I kind of wonder, like, why they, like, confined themselves to such short episode times, as opposed to, like, the first two episodes of the season. I've Weren't they longer than the last two episodes, but they were kind of not as full as the last two episodes were. Yeah, so the first one, I
1: mean, I'm just going to kind of round down based on, like, the beginning and end. So the like, first one was, like, forty, a solid 45 minutes, and then the second one was probably 35, then a solid 30, and this was probably another 35 Um But, yeah, I-, I see what you mean. Like, yeah, they definitely chose to bounce through these story elements
0: yeah um but uh, that's kind of like a a small complaint I i thought the episode was still pretty good um we got to meet up with some old friends uh so yeah i guess we'll just you know go right into the recap here uh we start with with uh mando's ship just sputtering through space um, and you get this cute little scene with uh, Din and Baby Yoda trying to repair something in a very small and and tight space that only somebody the size of Baby Yoda could fit in. And, uh, you know, you have Mando trying to explain to him which wire to put where. And during this whole scene, I was just cracking up hysterically. Your, your child is not really, like in the toddler stage yet so like this is just kind of foreshadowing for your parenting uh your upcoming parenting experiences for you but like him mando trying to explain like take the red wire and put it where the blue wire was no the red take the red the red wire you take it and you put it where the don't touch them don't don't touch the blue with the red put the red. I mean, I was just like had, you know, some PTSD of like trying to get my kids to brush their teeth or something. It's like, no, you put the toothpaste on your toothbrush and I was just like, this is 100% accurate parenting and I, I couldn't relate anymore. Yeah. isn't
1: But I mean, in <laughs> Baby Yoda's defense, I mean, he did send him in this very small space to fix something that's maybe a little above his understanding <laughs> yeah
0: yeah yeah definitely above his pay grade there but uh yeah, it was, it was, it was like, hilarious. I'm, I'm just here to look cute <laughs> i'm not here to fix shit <laughs> right yeah. how many eggs am i gonna get for this um but yeah it was, it was pretty pretty adorable little scene there and as a parent i couldn't help but relate uh is great um but yeah so uh we get another scene on the ship where we finally see how mando eats or drinks or whatever he it looks like he's sipping on some soup or something
1: yeah and i missed the i missed the first like him doing it but then i gather that he just drank and i'm like whoa what just happened and then they actually <laughs> showed it like two more times and i'm like they they're very in tune with the things people wondering you know because we were just talking about that in the first episode this season in the recap where we're like what was he gonna do sit down and have a drink with the share or the you know the marshal with his helmet on but apparently it's a thing
0: yeah well john john and carl weathers thank you for listening to showboys the mandalorian companion series uh we appreciate you tackling the issues that we've we've been noting so thank you very much for listening don't forget to share with all of your friends um, but yeah, uh, it just kind of seems like a huge pain to eat like that. You know, I mean like yeah. every sip and bite, you're going to lift your helmet up a little bit. Like he can't take it off, even though it's just him and the child.
1: Not in front of anyone. Big rule. I guess. I mean, but I mean, it was cool. They, they incorporated the, uh, Darth Vader helmet sound noise, which basically everyone gets now, which is cool. Cause it's a great sound.
0: What sound is that?
1: So like every time he would like pull his helmet up and then put it back down, it makes like kind of like a uh,
0: hydraulic like type yeah. like yeah, okay. Like suction seal being yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. That's cool. Um I noticed
1: it last episode with the Mando's um yeah. like bow and stuff, they they had yeah. the same thing going on. It was a little bit quicker. Yeah, um, every
0: time they would pop it off, he's like shh Yeah. Yeah, I totally see that now or hear that now. Um, I didn't know that that was kind of initially just like a Darth Vader thing, but then again, I've haven't really watched many Star Wars things. So I guess that makes sense that I wouldn't pick that up. (laughs) Um, so yeah, uh, after they eat their little soup meal, um, we find out that they decide to make a pit stop on Navarro, uh, to finally repair the poor razor crest um and when they land on navarro well actually before they even show the the landing on navarro they have this the short scene showing cara dune just kind of taking on a gang of middle-aged balding spider guys uh do do you know this this species is this a new
1: uh, I've seen them before, and they're in various Star Wars things. I don't know what they're called, though. Um, they've never really played a huge role outside of... Um, it's the guy that starts a fight with Luke Skywalker in Episode Four in the Cantina. Um, mm. That's, like, the main... That was the first time that kind of species was around, but not really too big on them. They're not really in a lot of other things where their backgrounds explored, at least in stuff I watch and like shows in the movies. Yeah. But I did think it was weird though, that I was kind of like confused at first because they had two intro scenes and then the title.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this scene kind of felt a little unnecessary, but mm. it, it establishes that, that Kara is now like the marshal of Navarro, like the, the, the bad guys here, I think, even refer to her as the Marshal. Like They say something like, the Marshal's here, or something like that. Uh, so that's kind of cool, seeing that she kind of has assumed this role uh, here on Navarro. Um, and anyways, so she, she kind of dispatches this little group of bad guys, saves the little ferret uh, from being eaten, and then we get the title card. Chapter 12, The Siege. Um, so it, there, there wasn't really anything important to note up to this point yet, I'm assuming.
1: No, it's like you said, that scene did seem a little, especially after getting to the end, it seemed a little unnecessary. Cause I think, I mean, it would have been enough just, you know, in, a, in the next really scene, once Mando gets there and there's kind of like, Hey, I'm running the place and I'm the marshal. That's really all we needed.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly, because like you said, the very next scene after the title card, uh, Mando lands on Navarro, and he's welcomed by uh, Cara Dune and Grief Karga, um, Carl Weathers' character, uh, a.k.a. Chubbs from Happy Gilmore, Um, also the director of this episode, which was kind of cool, and, you know, he's like, hey, need to get this ship fixed what's up guys and uh they kind of go on a little tour of the town and we get you know the the explanation that they're they kind of hung around and cleaned up the place and Kara's now the marshal and cargo is just like doing things um it's kind of like the administrator i would say
1: kind of just like the i i do i did like the that scene in use of the town it being like cleaner there's like plants and little vendor stalls and everyone was just kind of mint uh you know moving about and i thought that was really cool to kind of show more of a little bit of daily life um in a place like this here in the outer rim
0: yeah so and this is the location with the showdown with moff gideon correct from the finale of season one
1: yeah and then and then, in, then the building they go into in a little bit—that was the shootout building as well. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So, so they're they're walking through town here, and Mando's pretty much like, "Hey, I kind of like what you did with the place. This is pretty cool." And Car uh, is like, "Well, wait till you see inside." And they walk inside, and there's a little school with a bunch of little outer rimlings uh, being taught by a CP three O like droid. Uh, I probably. Totally butchered that, but correct me if I'm wrong. But that's it's a protocol it, droid. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um. Yeah. So they have a little class griefs like, hey, uh, go ahead, leave the child here. You know, we got some stuff to do. Amanda's like, you know, activates helicopter parent mode, and he's like, nope. Anywhere I go, the the child goes with me, and he's like, he'll be safe. He'll be fine here. Just leave him here. <laughs> Trust me. You don't want to bring him where we're going. So. Uh, you know, my side quest senses were tingling at that moment. Um, so yeah, Mando drops off baby Yoda at school and off they go to catch up and, and learn, uh, uh, what is needed of, of Mando.
1: Yeah, that was, I think that was a fun once again, with the whole, like, little town building, it's, like, a nice place. You know, There's they have a school for the children. Um, and then I'll see Baby Yoda gets dropped into this little environment to, uh, I guess, learn. But mostly eat other people's macaroons. And I love that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I love that they are just straight-up macaroons. Yeah, um, There's no question about it. Like, they just bought, like, a box of macaroons. Like, someone on set might have been eating those. So I was like, hey, <laughs> we need that. Um, but also there's... There's the whole, you know, are you? I don't know if you're familiar with kind of like the blue milk thing, um, Mm -hmm. in Star Wars, but I feel like they might have been blue for that reason. But it was cool, little, little detail in there,
0: yeah. A lot lot of baby
1: Yoda action this season. I feel like they've really focused in on the memey, cute moments of Yoda, and then but use him more sparingly, if that makes sense,
0: yeah um also is this is this the first time he kind of uses the force in this season uh, i know he well, did in the first kinda on
1: season kind of on the eggs he did um but yeah this is the first time like i think he directly uses it to um execute his will onto something yeah it's like i like, want
0: those macaroons yes I need that kid was cookies. like, "No way, bro!" <laughs> yeah, that was pretty funny. She's like, uh, "No." <laughs> so, so what happens uh, in this little meeting with with Kara and Karga and Mando and our good friend uh, Mithril from you know the very first episode?
1: Yeah. So yeah, they bring Mando back to what I would call like the administrator's office, um, and I, I love his name, Mithril. Um, yeah,
0: <laughs> I've you know I've never of Lord of the Rings. Me yeah, think. Lord of the Rings or
1: <laughs> like you know World of Warcraft, mine and Mithril, but never really seen a character name that. But it fits. Yeah, it fits him. But yeah, they take him back and they kind of they're talking to Mando and like you know everything's really nice here except there's this imperial base down here. They got a map of Navarro which seems kind of small you know because they get they get to this imperial base pretty quick for being a planet it must be a small planet um, yeah. because you know they showed like this huge green area was safe and then down here at the bottom was bad zone um but i like the use of mithril kind of in this scene and then kind of going forward he's just kind of He's an indentured servant for one. Uh, <laughs> he's, yeah. he's working to pay off his debt. After yeah, he tried to steal from uh, them in
0: the first place. Yeah. What? What? How long was it? Like two hundred and fifty years or something? Yeah, <laughs> something. I think it, I think
1: it was like three hundred and fifty, and then he knocked it down a hundred oh, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What I also great... love.
0: I love when uh, when that when Kara and Karga walk in. And Mithril's like, oh, hey, you know, blah, 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 what's going on? And then Mando turns around the corner and he's like, oh. And he, like, <laughs> yeah. wet, wets his gills <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> he is genuinely terrified <laughs> yeah. of Mando. Uh, what's he doing here? Uh... <laughs> We're friends. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, they kind of explain, yeah, there's really, I mean, this this plot element, like you kind of mentioned earlier, is... I think has some weak points in it just on the execution, but for all intents and purposes, there's this Imperial base. It's causing some problems, but also it's abandoned, but maybe some people there, um, they're trying to get to it before like the black market scalpers get to it and just create more crime and bad stuff on Navarro. So basically like, Hey Mando, we got to go here and take this place out.
0: Yeah, I think uh, I think Dune says something along the lines of, you know, this is where the the troopers came uh, when Gideon yeah. attacked here. Uh, so they're like, you know, it's full of, you know, weaponry, black market weaponry. Like we got, we just got to take care of this. It's kind of like the last troublesome spot on the planet. So once we clean this area up, we like everything's good. And I- as always. Mando can never resist a side quest. Nope. We had our classic
1: side quest. And from what I was reading and just obviously our f- thoughts too, we knew, you know, this was going to be probably stopping back at Navarro meeting up with Cardoon And, um, I, I always forget his name. Gr- Carl Grief Weathers. Carga. Yeah. Grief Carga. Um, you know, doing a side quest, yep. but I was in if it, it, they need to get the ship repaired. So it was fitting. It was making sense. Um when they had the the kind of like um the schematics of this base it reminded me of the design of the research facility in Rogue One where um Jin's dad is if you remember that whole sequence it's like a really rainy planet she climbs up the ladder and there's like the landing platform and all that
0: uh yes i no i think it, it's coming back he, he um Is you know this he's a scene where the, the two of them are like on a mountainside or a cliff or something while they're trying to get into a base
1: yeah and he and, and he was gonna snipe
0: yes, yes her dad okay. and yep. yeah then yeah, she showed up back. and yep
1: yeah so just the the design <laughs> of this facility looks a lot like the design of that facility
0: yeah, L- I can see reuse. that for sure. I mean, hey, you got the assets, why not, right? Yes, sir. Um so of course Mando accepts the side quest and uh the four of them make their merry way over to the Imperial base. Um we get we get there and we we kind of see that the base is located in this like
1: uh, i think it's like a, a lava ravine because yeah, yeah exactly some, it makes me feel like that door like it's submerged in lava at at certain points
0: yes um yeah i couldn't think of the word ravine is a good word uh but basically it's like a you know in between two cliffs here and you you assume that lava flows through here somewhat regularly because everything's kind of like ashy and burnt and when they get to the door uh the panel doesn't work and i think they even make a comment saying something like uh you know must not be able to (laughs) withstand the lava or whatever um so mando uses his handy dandy jetpack and zips up to the top platform and throws a trooper off the ledge and then opens up the doors for his party to join him.
1: You know, a, a recurring theme is, and I'm pretty sure Dan is pretty aware of it, but no one's ever honest with him about how many bad guys there are at a location. <laughs> They're always like, a yeah. oh, few it's abandoned, maybe five, a squad. It's literally always a regiment yeah, or like, like a, a battalion, a, yeah, small <laughs> army.
0: Yeah. Um, now, do you think that I mean it's not important, but do you think that it's intentional, or do you think that everyone is just severely misinformed
1: uh i think it's I think it's one a gaff, but two, I think it's you know mando is i don't know it's it, he's he's good at what he does. I don't know why they lie to him like he's obviously gonna get the job done, but they always it always seems like it's to their disadvantage to be like, oh yeah, there's like four hundred of them." They yeah. must think he always just wants to take the easy jobs, which might be, he's he's on a time crunch. He's got stuff to do with Baby Yoda, so maybe no one wants to scare him away with, like, a big mission. They're just like, it's real quick, just real right. quick
0: one. Nothing nothing terrible. Yeah, and and I'm sure, like, you know, if they tell him it's a big mission, you know, it might be, it costs a little more on the old pocketbook, you know.
1: Yeah, this one was a favor, though, I think. Yeah, well, yeah. With the ship. Yeah. Which we'll, we'll get to that.
0: yeah uh so yeah we see once they they come up on the elevator you know mando's standing there and he's like i thought you said there was only going to be a few and there's there is a few on the floor by mando but um yeah obviously the space is a little more occupied than originally thought and uh you get a nice subtle not so subtle foreshadowing of uh, potential getaway plan <laughs> when they walk past the trexler marauder that uh, mithril basically drools over you know the potential of selling this <laughs> this vehicle on the black market and in typical mando fashion he's like nope we don't do anything bad everything is going to burn
1: <laughs> yeah i believe that's originally that vehicle is originally introduced in rebels
0: yeah yeah um speaking of rebels 12 episodes in on the first season
1: so you're done is, is that a twelver or is it's that a 16?
0: A fi- f- 15 okay 22 22 15 so okay okay making progress but we've recorded you know the last couple nights uh so i just haven't had the time last night the, was date night not to take the, a random side street here in mandalorian but
1: hey big uh, episode coming up everybody stay tuned
0: eat um yeah so they they kind of this this is the part of the episode that i was talking about at the very start of our episode of of this whole sequence just feels super rushed to me uh like which i kind of understand a little bit like how many how many times are they going to go through a an imperial base that looks the same as every other imperial base or ship you know just metal corridors and then you fight god-awful stormtroopers and then open some doors you know like how many times can you do that for longer than a you know a minute or two without it getting old but i mean you basically have like a flash forward to they're in the control room then random cloudy with a chance of meatballs style typing on the control panel to find the the uh the heat corridor and then uh you know, flash forward to opening the door that they need to get, you know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I do. And I was thinking the same thing, but then I I was reminding myself that it kind of fits within context of the story here because the base is supposed to be kind of like abandoned, but a little bit not. So I think they are leading just alluding to the fact that not a lot of people are here. So they're just kind of like cruising through. There's Mm. like four guys at the door and a couple dudes on patrol. So it fits it fits but yeah i definitely know what you're saying
0: yeah so so like i said they get into the the control room they you know knock out the one guy on the cameras and he apparently has this really cool uh like key stick thing that will just like what did i think they called it the code sequencer or something Um, also
1: introduced in rebels
0: i'm pretty sure later on oh, very nice very nice uh so so karga picks that up and very conveniently says this will come in handy um and so they head down the halls they find the corridor that has the cooling tubes uh because apparently this base is built on (laughs) like an active volcano-ish type lava spewing rock like a Uh, lava
1: fissure i think would be a good term for it
0: yeah, not exactly the most sensible location to build a base, but uh, they have it under control with some cooling tubes apparently.
1: Yeah, Star Wars they like to build bases occasionally on lava, you know. If if you're on a lava planet and there's an opportunity to build a base or a facility on active lava, definitely do it.
0: I mean, um, it definitely gives you like some cool points, right? Cuz you're like yeah. dude, my base literally built on lava. Mhm.
1: Darth Vader's castle's basically built on lava. Um <clears throat> Episode 3 has a huge lava sequence. There's this little tidbit which also when they go to the the reactor area, kind of a mm-hmm. throwback to um the first Star Wars movie when Obi-Wan's deactivating the shield. Um so I think there's a little nod there.
0: Nice, nice. Um, so they make it in, uh, and they make uh, poor Mithril go and you know figure out how to turn the cooler the coolers off.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know what, and this goes back to what I was saying before. Is I like his use of his character in here. Because they force, he's like kind of at first, like when the, the very beginning at the door, he's like, all right, I'm just going to go now. And they're like, oh, no, <laughs> yeah. you're staying right here. And then he gets looped into like helping and then he's kind of long for the ride. And he's just, yeah. com- you know, he's complaining the whole time. We're very hesitant.
0: Yeah, I, uh, I actually felt the opposite where I was pretty much slightly annoyed at all of the interactions between Karga and, and Mithril and kind of found them borderline annoying. Like if the first couple were kind of funny, but then I'm just like, okay, I get it. He's your slave. Okay. Well, yeah, I got it. Yeah. But, um,
1: no, I know you're mean,
0: but you know, Hey, I'm allowed to have a few gripes here and there. I think sure. I've been I've been fanboying over all the other episodes so far, so I gotta have my, my moments here where I can complain a little bit. Um, but yeah, so they they turn the coolers off and they're like, all right, we gotta get the heck out of here because this thing's gonna blow. So back down the old hallways they go. Um, so on their way out, they kind of run into these two non-soldier looking fellows and when they're seen by these imperial uh people you know they kind of look like they might be officers but we find out what they are after this interaction here um the one the one kind of yells at the other he's like destroy it and the the one of them just start shooting their like little terminal there.
1: It's and definitely I, like a wipe the drives moment kind of thing is what yeah. he was getting at.
0: So were you able to make out, cause they do like flash uh, do like a quick flash of the terminal and you see like the, the laser bullets hitting the screen and stuff. Were you able to make out anything on the screen that may be important
1: uh, not in particular, no. I mean, I think it was just, I don't think there was anything there for it. Um, but yeah, there were definitely some imperial scientists, if you will, um, covering something up there.
0: Yeah. So after they kind of take those two out, they, they make the deduction that says, this isn't actually like a base. It's more of like a research lab or some sort of lab right
1: because um, they they take the like they shoot those guys and then they just really walk into that room and they pan yeah. to the the figures in these got some t- tanks some,
0: yeah some goopy tubes some so some goop tubes yes so uh obviously i'm like oh this is pretty important but then also was just like i have no idea what this is because i don't know anything about star wars so please elaborate on this whole sequence here because i feel like it is very important
1: so I would say this sequence on its own at this point in the uh story really doesn't have too much to say. Um it's it's fairly new. I think it, it kinda it's like a few nods to some other tropes that they've used before. Um but really at this point in the episode it can be anything. And I'll elaborate at the, the second point later on.
0: Okay. So, yeah, so they kind but of But yeah, are, definitely
1: su- suspicious, you know? Yeah. They're like, something weird's going on here. Yeah,
0: what the heck are they growing here? <laughs> definitely doesn't Grow. look like tomatoes. Um, no, sir. So so they're kind of staring at, at the goop tubes and uh, Mithril's back at the terminal, and he's able to get a little, uh, like, holographic message to pop up. And it is... I believe it's the same doctor-scientist guy from the first season. Yeah. That's the one that like,
1: was wanting baby Yoda. And was, actually yeah. had baby Yoda in the, yeah. in the operating room.
0: Yeah. So he pops up and he's like, basically we're, we ran out of resources to continue with our experiment. We need more, uh, blood from the child. Uh, so yeah, if you kind of want to keep this whole thing going, we need, we need some blood. And then he's like But we'll we'll get it done Moff Gideon so
1: Convenient uh, little hologram message there to get right. I mean he explained a lot of things and I will say that the, the, the things in the tubes, I mean the only thing close to that would kind of be like clones, how they were mm-hmm. created, so possible connection.
0: Okay. So a few things to unpack here. First, we finally learn why the child is so important to Moff Gideon. So they need his blood to continue on with this experiment that kind of deals with transfusing it into these things that are in the goop tubes, I'm assuming. So they're trying to make some sort of hybrid thingy. Uh, Yeah, and he's...
1: Yeah, essentially, and he's he says you know, without Baby Yoda, they'll probably not be able to find another, you know, being with that high of an M count, and this is the first time this term has ever been said, M count, um, which can widely be assumed to be midichlorian, which was introduced in the original prequels, um, and basically it's a measurement of how force sensitive a bean is so mm. baby yoda being fairly powerful in the force um would high, have a high chlorian, or as they call it m count here
0: that makes sense so they're trying to make some sort of like super being kind of like or a, something
1: some sort of force sensitive or force enabled um soldier would be a safe assumption nice
0: uh but yeah so finally we understand why moff gideon is trying to acquire baby yoda and now mandalorian understands even more so how important his mission is to get baby yoda back to its own kind and kind of away from moff gideon so that's that's a really cool major progression in the the main plot line of the show so i was really happy to get that
1: yeah i I was happy for her but you know just kind of theme of this episode you know it was quick and like really just kind of like hey gonna drop this really quick on you this pretty important thing um and i think it's at this point right when he's like well i gotta get back to baby yoda asap
0: Um, well there's one more thing here okay mando's like that's got to be old because moff gideon's dead and Mm, Uh, mithril's like uh, no this was from three days ago so mando's like whoa whoa, whoa, what like i thought i killed that dude i shot i like blew his his tie fighter up or whatever
1: i mean Um, be like i literally flew into the sky with a jetpack for like the first time um (laughs) and took that thing down
0: (laughs) yeah yeah what do you mean he's still alive so so again even more so mando's primary like main main quest line here is the the priority of baby yoda's safety and getting him to his own kind just it just skyrockets for mando so it's that
1: moment he regrets taking. well i don't know this is a good side quest for him but at the same time he regrets leaving baby
0: yoda behind yeah so like you said now's the time where he's like all right uh screw you guys i gotta go get the child uh, so they're like, yeah, whatever, just like jetpack out of here. You'll get there much faster than us. Um, so that's what he does. He makes his way back down to the, uh, the like lava fissure tube and skedaddles on out. Um, and then in the meantime, the, the other three members of the crew are kind of backtracking back to the, the elevator shaft to get down to the speeder and you know cue your uh, obligatory like shootout scene with the stormtroopers that can't hit anything and um they they get back to the old the landing pad that they arrived on and the the elevator is full of stormtroopers and they're kind of pinned down in that that little uh landing area <coughs> And this is where the Trexler Marauder comes into play. <laughs> Pull the tarp off, dust that thing
1: off, and let's go.
0: Yeah. So Kara apparently uh, handled ships like these back in her war days, or something. Uh, she jumps in, tries to, for some reason, drive into the, like back into the base, which doesn't really make sense to me yeah
1: that confused me i was like where is she going
0: Um, but luckily for her the door shut so she couldn't drive into the base (laughs) yeah uh so she whips that thing around and just (laughs) drives off the cliff
1: (laughs) yeah kind of off the (laughs) off the landing platform and just like down to the ravine and i mean it was a very pretty cool sequence of the the scout troopers getting on their swoop bikes and just kind of ripping down the the bank there even though a couple of them in classic fashion just kind of bi- completely biffed it
0: yeah no I really enjoyed th- all the chase scenes like flying or not are really cool in the show they're really well done um, so I really enjoyed like you said them you know on their speeder bikes coming out of the corridor and like Jumping off the ledge themselves, and you know, two of them bit the dust right at the start and blow up. And then you have the cool scene where Karga's trying to, you know, shoot them down in the gun while kara's booking it through this ravine. And uh, they they finally get rid of all of the the troopers on the bikes and think they're in the clear. And then just as the imperial base, you know, goes up in flames, of course. Uh, a little squad of Tie Fighters would make it out, and they proceed to chase our our heroes through the ravine. Um, are the are Tie Fighters typically that color, or those seemed like kind of darker than ones that I've seen?
1: Um, you know, these are definitely newer variants, especially the fact that the wings fold like they do. Um, but these ones are kind of black on very dark gray. They are definitely way darker, um, or at least way more matty, matte black. Um, I think traditionally they're they're kind they're kind of black, and then they have a little bit lighter gray going on. They're a little bit more, um, a few more colors going on on them. But like these ones are very dark looking.
0: Or if these are like the Gideon special editions, you know?
1: Yeah. Well, the Empire. Um, has kind of like a history of having a lot of special projects going on. So there's just kind of like the, the everyday tie fighter star destroyer kind of troops and stuff, but they always have these kind of like a experimental divisions where they're developing new weapons and stuff like that. So that's why you'll see, um, you know, like Moff Gideon show with like different types of Stormtroopers, or they have different types of tie fighters, things like that. And you'll see that in rebels too.
0: Okay, I really like the the like black uh, suits that the pilots were wearing. I was like, oh, those are sweet. I yeah, love those the black stormtrooper suits. Classic Tie
1: Fighter pilots. Yeah, or pilots. They're cool.
0: Um. So so yeah. So the the Ties are chasing them through the ravine, and Cargo's uh, able to shoot one down. But in in its crash and destruction, it ends up like taking out the the little turret gun on the Marauder. Uh, so they're kind of like, ah, crap. Well, uh, I guess we'll just drive faster. And they make it out of the ravine, and they're still being chased by, th- I think, three TIE fighters. And yep. wouldn't wouldn't you know, just in the nick of time, the old Razor Crest comes swooping in to save the day.
1: <clears throat> Classic Millennium Falcon move.
0: Yeah. So... Uh, the nice, brand-new, shiny Razor Crest comes swooping in, and we get a cool, like, aerial dogfighting scene here. Uh, my favorite part, actually, was was when he goes to fight the last TIE fighter, and he kind of, like, uh, flies up really, really high, and, like, I guess, does he kind of, like, shut everything off and it kind of like
1: yeah it kind of cuts uh, the engines there and just yeah, let it like kind of like tips turns it down
0: around. and then kicks everything back on that was like a really cool scene and i like yeah the, like the use of the sound effects and stuff there um and then he's like you know doing the barrel rolls as the they're going like playing you know uh spaceship chicken they're mm-hmm. just going full bore at each other and baby yoda's just slamming macaroons and enjoying the ride
1: yeah the, i guess i mean i think it, they've established that the razor crest is pretty nimble but i did think that was a little too nimble to go off against like three um tie fighters like that because tie fighters are supposed to be just insanely fast and maneuverable but it works they are
0: stormtroopers though so
1: yeah, the piles are supposed to be decent, but they kind of suck though too. So yeah. it's fair.
0: Um, but yeah, so Mando saves the day. Razor Crest and... is
1: brand new.
0: Okay, we need to talk about this now.
1: So new, you know. I was just thinking while you were kind of describing, that, I was like, well, maybe they just took a long time. To- like it took a long time to get there, but then I was like, no, no, no. He just got back to town in like five minutes. 10 minutes got (laughs) baby yoda and then got the razor crest and went back to then save the day um and i'm pretty i almost feel like you could see the town from the ravine so like they're super close so the only explanation for the time jump there is like there's three days there's a week before they even left the town to go to the base i don't know
0: yeah because i'm like How the heck did the Razor Crest basically get totally rebuilt in the, like, you know, handful of hours it took for them to get to the base and then get back? You know what I mean?
1: (laughs) Yeah, they must have, like, chilled out in town before they went there.
0: Yeah. They went and Um, got
1: drunk all night long, had a three day bender, then went to the base
0: yeah uh so again i guess i have three gripes for this one um yeah i was like uh that kind of seems borderline impossible there but um i'll let it slide i guess uh but yeah so we get razor crest you know taking care of the remaining tie fighters and then he's just kind of like all right guys um i gotta get out of here uh Baby Yoda just kind of threw up all over himself, and I got to get going. Um, So Karga's like, all right, well, hey, you know, I guess we'll just, you know, call it even between the repairs and the mission. Uh, Thanks. See you around. And that's that. Or is it?
1: Or is it?
0: Well, first off, before we get to the very end of the episode, um, we have a scene where the New Republic, like, officer, that is the New Republic, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, so the officer comes in, and he's questioning Karga about the, the base explosion. Classic. And talks about the Razor Crest, and so, like, first off, I'm like, how would he know about the base explosion, like... Why? Why is this guy everywhere that Mando is, and how would he know about the Razor Crest? Like, I mean, what's I think, what's going on with that? Is there anything there?
1: Well, I think the base exploding. I mean, someone could have reported it. They could have sensed it somehow. Um, you know, they got feelers out there. They're trying to just kind of patrol the area, same way like a cop would know a gun went off in, somewhere, and they would show in your neighborhood and be like, "So, uh, who shot the gun?" Kind of thing, um, right? And then, then he did say he's like, Will your transponder logs say the razor crest? And he and he's like, Oh, you know, anything pre empire, those things are gonna pick up and just kinda of brushes it off. So I mean, it's just kinda of like clues and different things that they're able to pick up on. But mm-hmm. they're but then he did say he's like I think he said the car dune but he's like something, you know something big or something weird is going on out here. Yeah. So they're definitely uh... they're definitely following up on some stuff and they're they're trying to figure something out there's yeah. something
0: suspicious going on yeah he has this little little scene where he talks with Kara and he's basically like yeah there's there's something weird going out here but they don't really believe it in the core worlds or like pay attention mm-hmm. about it in the core worlds I'm assuming that since they're in the outer rim the core worlds are in the inner rim so to speak like the opposite of the outer rim is they're like the what core it, yeah core so, world.
1: yeah it's its own zone but it's kind of think of it's like downtown new york
0: right, right right yeah that's kind of what i was picking up there uh but what is what does he mean by you know like they're not really believing what's going on or is he just basically like they're oblivious like they just like something's going on but Only people out here seem to be, like, paying attention to it, or this is where it's happening.
1: I think he's alluding to, like, the remnants of the Empire and how, like, I think it's known that, obviously, fragments of the Empire still exist because it was massive. Um, But I think he's trying to allude to the fact that it's much more present and dangerous than they want to believe Mm -hmm. in, like, the capital. Yeah. and mostly I think that's alluding to the fact that Moff Gideon is amassing this force and like, you know, he's doing his thing. And I think that's what he's kind of alluding to there, larger mm. story-wise, that there's something big going on out here. And I think it's the Moff Gideon building, rebuilding the Empire.
0: That makes sense. Uh, but then we get like this kind of nice little interaction where he's basically like, hey, you're not... You're not so bad at this whole thing. Why don't you join us? And she's like, ah, "No, I'm good. I'll pass." Um,
1: <laughs> so, I mean, I will know because it was said in season one that she was a she's an ex-imperial. She was a shock trooper, mm-hmm. um, and I think that's what the tattoo on her arm is. But I just noticed in this episode, she has like a like a tattoo below her eye. It looks like, and it looks like the like an a rebel symbol.
0: But maybe I'm just seeing things. I don't know. Hmm. Well, you're definitely asking the wrong guy because I have no idea. Um, but yeah, she said, "What does she say?" She says sh- he's not a joiner. Like, what does she mean by that? Is that like a a term that's thrown around a lot in Star Wars, or is that just like a her saying, nah, I, I don't. I don't really want to become a part of that. I'm good where I'm at." Type deal.
1: Uh, so I think she's trying to say, like, you know, she's not about to join anyone's like cause you know she's kind of like she was just hiding out on that you know one planet where din first ran into her and Mm -hmm. she's just reluctantly been pulled back into things here and i think she you know this is as complicated as she wants to be it's just like a marshal beating up thugs around town and like she doesn't want to get much more involved than that Um, right so yeah, basically she just doesn't want to join a cause and that's kind of that's kind of like a Star Wars trope kind of thing. There's always like a character that's just like, I'm not about your your rebellion or your your republic or anything like that.
0: Nice. And I was um, reading
1: an article about this
0: scene. Okay, okay.
1: Um it's a pretty quick one, but it, it kind of ties back to um the whole cancel thing going on with her. Basically, they were alluding that this scene basically gives her an out in the series, potentially. Because she does seem like she does kind of consider his offer. So, I don't know, they were kind of reading into it like this could have, you know, she can just decide to go off and do that and then she's just not in it anymore.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, because then he, they basically like talk about Aldoran and the war there, and like, oh, oh yeah, I'm from Aldoran. Oh, who'd you lose? Everyone. Oh, I'm sorry about your loss. And then he Big like rip. puts the, the badge or whatever, the yeah, medal. Cool. Like, like what exactly was that, really? Is that a, of any importance, or is that just kind of like I'm alluding I think, to what your article is talking about? Is like, you know, hey, if you want.
1: Yeah, you so know, he the, said. I'm pretty sure he set that badge down. And that is a badge of like a Republic, a new Republic, like sheriff, if you will. Mm. And since she might, maybe that's his, him being like, Hey, you're kind of
0: case you change your mind.
1: Yeah. Or like, you're kind of like the anointed law dog out here. You know, here you go. You got my stamp of approval kind of thing. Or, or it was that offer like, Hey, if you want to, you know, come join us. There it is.
0: Nice, yeah. I, I I figured there was some, some sort of significance with the the medal or badge or whatever. I just wasn't sure if it was like a thing about the war that they were talking about, or if it was like a New Republic thing or whatever. So yeah. that's that's kind of cool to know.
1: And in this scene, um, you notice like they're they're on like kind of like the stoop of the administration building where. Mm-hmm. Uh, they kind of hang out, and there's two chairs there. And then I was thinking, like, oh, that's kind of like a Western thing. You know, when you have, like, the two chairs on the porch, and, like, you know, the sheriff and them are, like, sitting on it and whatnot. <laughs> yeah. And then later on in the artwork at the end of the episode, they actually show Kara and um, we- Weathers sitting, their character sitting in those chairs kind of in that fashion. Uh, so I thought huh. that was cool.
0: That's pretty cool. Um. So, like... Kind of, I was like, okay, that's, that's a, a nice little heartwarming end there. Nice little wholesome chat between the two. But it was not the end. We then, uh, we, we leave the episode with this scene on, on board uh, an Imperial ship. And we find out that the Razor Crest has been bugged with a tracking device. Uh, thank you. Uh, Mr. Karga and your repair crew for trading on us. Um, But in this little uh, conversation between her and the the person who put the tracking device on the ship, she says you will be greatly rewarded in the new era. So is this new era kind of referring to the, the rebuilding of the Empire by Moff Gideon here? Or yeah is is there okay cool um so yeah i guess there we we have this looming like foreshadowing of you know the the empire possibly returning again even stronger under moff gideon um but then we we see that officer make her way down to where moff gideon is and she tells him that you know the, the ship's been tracked uh and they know where he is. And Moth's like, "All right, does he have? Does he have it?" And she's like, "Yes, she's he still has the child." Um, so yeah, that can't and be he good. He said, for... "We'll
1: be we'll be ready" or something like that. He said,
0: "Yeah, that that doesn't bode well for our friends here." No sir. Um, what what exactly? was in that room that they were in like those suits that they were kind of just like looking at are, are those anything special or just kind of like, you know, his trooper suits and he's just kind of like chilling out.
1: All right. So, so far, like obviously they've been making some very good, like plot progress this season. Right. And this is totally exciting and very cool, but it also adds a, just an, an additional layer they didn't need to add but they're going to do it anyways because I guess they're going to go all out here. Um, so what these appear to be are what would be known in Legends as Dark Troopers and they were originally shown in the 1995 video game Q What's Playing um, Dark Forces and it was a Star Wars game and it was kind of a a doom style game same look and feel right very blocky very kind of hallway um but this game was pretty fun for its time i played it personally um you know 20 some years ago at this point it didn't age well but anyway in <laughs> this in this game you know you're there you're kind of just like a a regular smuggler kind of gunslinger Right, you're not a Jedi, you're not a hero or anything, but you're like infiltrating the Empire, and you're kind of it's kind of like that Nazi behind enemy lines kind of thing like one of those video games, kind of like a Medal of Honor um, style. And you're just finding about all this crazy stuff that like the Empire is up to. Well, one of the things they do is they build these droids, these badass like robots that are basically stormtroopers that are just unstoppable. And this, to me, seems like what these were taken from. So I'm thinking that these are some sort of dart troopers. But in those games, they were strictly kind of robots, and or like androids or droids. And mm-hmm. this, they, they definitely seem to be making them more cyborg-y. So I think they're growing them, infusing them <clears> with <throat> some force sensitivity and just making them like super soldiers.
0: Yeah, I was just going to ask if you think that this scene ties into the goop tubes at all.
1: Yeah. I think this is where they've come from or the okay. goop tubes are, you know, I, I don't know if they would have been able to get any more kind of like force sensitive blood. Um, so maybe these are like the non force sensitive types and they're just trying to perfect mm. the next variant. But these right. ones are apparently ready by the looks of it. They look suited up. These might actually just be droids and then they're trying to do some sort of like human hybrid um but definitely sensing some kind of a little bit of a little bit of marvel here right because you kind of got like the iron man right you got you got all the other iron mans
0: right yeah yeah oh well that's interesting because i again being completely oblivious to most star wars stuff i'm like I have no idea what this is supposed to be, but I feel like it's important.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I mean Star Wars is in a really interesting space because when Disney bought it, effectively everything that existed before, especially in books and video games, became what they call legends and is no longer canon. So, what they are what we what what there is to get excited about as a Star Wars fan that knows too much about star Wars is when they bring things into Canon that are currently for all we know, not Canon. Yeah. So if these are in fact dark troopers, that means they reached back into a game from 1995 by Lucas arts. And we're like, we are going to make this thing Canon now. So it yeah. just, it just continues the snowball of questions of like, are they actually that does that mean this happened? Does, you know, it's just kind of a snowball effect there.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I could definitely see how that would be exciting for a fan of you know, a universe that's been established for, you know, what 40, 50 years. Like when when did the first Star Wars movie come out?
1: 77.
0: Yeah, so we're we're talking, you know, 43 years. Dang. That's pretty crazy. Dang. Um it's a long time. Yeah, Maybe 100 years before we know it. It's, it's, yeah,
1: the 50th anniversary that's gonna be nuts
0: that will be insane um but yeah so I would say overall it's a, it a pretty good pretty good episode and we got some some major progression of major plot points in a way that didn't really feel major you know like the happenings of the episode weren't super crazy, but the, like it- the little truth bombs that were kind of inserted in like two sentence exchanges were kind of massive, right? You, you yeah. figure out why baby Yoda is so important, and you kind of figure out what they're doing with it, you know I mean,
1: it's a side quest that turned out not to
0: be much of a side quest. Um, At least
1: story arc wise, like there's just a lot of little bits of knowledge there. Whereas in season one, they were, you know, everyone was completely expecting and probably okay with them making this 100% an unrelated side quest. Like episode two, right? Yeah, two in this season.
0: Yeah, for sure. But they, Um, they
1: chose not to. They chose to drop like three definite things that they didn't necessarily need to.
0: Yeah. Uh, were there any other like Easter egg type things or anything that we missed or that I missed in the, the recap here that are either cool to know or like important to know?
1: Um, I'll just note that Alderaan got literally blown up by the first Death Star. So that's kind of what they why the, the gravity of like I lost everyone because literally the whole planet got blown up. Um, big rip you'll see that in episode four which you've seen
0: um so i have seen it yeah so so insensitive of me
1: yeah so sad but i mean no i mean there's to me there's just like a lot of aesthetic um call outs to like different things like just like the base and um how you know different elements of the mission and you know, the, the fight scene, the chase scene, you know, that was just kind of just calling back on, you know, fan favorite, uh, star Wars things. So it was mostly a lot of that. And then these new plot elements that kind of just further progress the overarching story of the Mandalorian.
0: Yeah. Nice. Uh, I will say that. So first off, I don't, I don't really read any read anything or like look on the internet at anything regarding you know the the episode that we cover in the companion series because I don't want to just like regurgitate what other people think or found, right? I mm-hmm. I kind of want to give my perspective and you know have my own questions and my own thoughts and opinions on things. Um but I was scrolling through Facebook and I saw an article that I didn't read. I just saw the headline and the image and they were saying something about, uh, S- Snoke. Is that, is that the guy's name or Snoke hmm. or Snoke? Is yeah. that, so what, what's that all about? I probably should have read the article, but I didn't want to like,
1: uh, without just based on the headline. I mean, I can tell you that Snoke is a character in the, the most recent trilogy. Um, by Disney. And they're probably trying to say that that was like the very early stages or at least a stage of the Empire trying to bring Palpatine back. Um,
0: So would that be related to the goop tubes?
1: Yeah, that would be directly calling out to the goop tubes. That would make the goop tubes unrelated to the troopers at the end of the episode with Moff Gideon. And this would be more so the goop tubes are... A larger story arc from Legends, um, which they made canon with the new trilogy, where the where the remnants of the Empire was trying to clone um, acceptable hosts for the Emperor's essence to embody, so he can be reborn, if you will. Hmm. Um, but he's like so powerful in the Force that they could never get it right because the body would just like physically deteriorate because he's just so immense. Um So that that could be, I could, I could see that. That's a good, that'd probably be a decent article to read. I see what they're doing. That would be a long projection of like story arc. That's basically like telling very early, you know, alluding to something that happens 20 some years later in a completely different trilogy. Right. Which they could do. Yeah, I, I wouldn't put that. it past them.
0: But do you yeah. think there's much merit to that or do you think it's kind of just wishful thinking or Um I can't
1: You know, I think there is some merit to it. I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't shoot it down. Um but it would definitely allude to them trying to definitely fill in stuff on the newer trilogy um with stuff here in the mandalorian obviously that that would be the primary use of um baby yoda and that would make moff gideon's larger plan a bit different it has a lot of implications on story here um that could be pretty big if it turned out to
0: be that so yeah i hadn't thought of that well it's kind of cool that there's kind of like a fork in the road here where there's kind of two possibilities of the goop tubes right
1: Yeah, because it kind of takes it from being a kind of intra-story plot point to being, you know, extra-story to, like, everything else. Yeah. Because the purpose of Baby Yoda, then, would be they're trying to use him to revive the Emperor.
0: Yeah, the more I think about that could be That sounds pretty dope. Yeah. And then maybe maybe your reference to the, the Dark Troopers was... Like, literally, the the droid the Andrews, version yeah. on the ship there on the last yeah. scene.
1: Yeah, Yeah. this is... I can see this. I can see this. I wonder... That's how they end The Mandalorian in, in Season 5, is the Emperor is just, like, resurrected.
0: Well, it's not Netflix, so I'm sure it'll go on for, like, 15 seasons. Not, um, you
1: know, and I was thinking about that, is, you know, we've talked about the niceness of concise... um series but the way they weave the way they might be weaving the mandalorian and even you know the other live action series that they're working on i mean they they could do 15 seasons where the mando is just kind of weaving through active storylines very uh marvel series like
0: yeah i was just about to say so like we got to look at big picture of of who's running this right so we have disney it's a Star Wars series, so like they're two like cash cows right there. Um, but also, it's helmed by Favs, who basically started the MCU, right? Mm-hmm. So like, I mean, all the of all the people in charge here, you know, Disney owns the MCU, the basically founder of the MCU. Uh, I mean, I know Kevin Feige like ran it and was the creative mind you know behind like the huge overarching story and like you know decade-long run of movies that all tied together but you know you're using up the pioneer of the mcu in this series here so like yeah who's to say that this series doesn't last a decade or, or longer and like you're saying you know who's who says that it it isn't the series that kind of tries to tie everything together, you know, a little nicer.
1: Yeah, and I mean it's already kind of been done with the animated stuff because characters like Darth Maul, Asona or Ahsoka, Bo, Katan, they their stories are more so pieced together through collections of episodes from different movies and between Star Wars Clone Wars and Rebels. So I could see them kind of, like, tying up... You know, they could tie up the Baby Yoda arc in Mandalorian at some point, where Mando's just, like... Like, he could literally give Baby Yoda to Ahsoka, and then that's kind of, like, the end of it. And then that story will get filled in in another series somewhere else.
0: Right. Yeah, no, I could definitely see that happening. That'd be pretty cool. And I think of, you know... Of of, I, of all the IPs, like, this one could be the easiest to accomplish something like that, just because there's so much stuff, right? I mean, we just yeah, talked about how long that it's been going, and there's so many entries, like, there and, like, even outside of the film side, like, you know, you got the animated stuff, like you said, there's books, there's video games, there's, you know, basically every form of media used to tell a story has told a Star Wars story at some point, so... They just they just said they have... So, it's an endless fount of opportunity, you know?
1: Yeah, and they've started kind of like teasing because most of the time Star Wars, just because of the way content is made for Star Wars historically, it's very linear or, you know, they're only ever telling one, one story arc in that part of the timeline, so you don't have a lot of overlapping stuff. But they really start that with Rebels where um, you can call out there are things that happen in Rebels that kind of parallel things are happening in other movies and like Rogue One does the same thing. Um, So this could be, you know, the start of them really kind of starting to parallel stories where you're like, Oh, at this time in Mando, this was going on in this other series.
0: Right. Um, Yeah. So, I mean, I think that kind of wraps up our, our recap and our breakdown of, chapter 12 the siege um but before we get out of here just wanted to update everyone on you know Mike's star wars watch 2020 oh yes um, <clears throat> so uh on nick's um advice i had started watching the animated series rebels um and like i said a little bit ago uh, I'm twelve episodes in of season one, and I'm I'm loving like every second of it. It's so cool. It's such a fun show. Um, I love that it's like their shorter like twenty minute episodes. I mean, you told me, and I could tell watching it that it's clearly made for kids. But I mean, it still tells a really cool story. Um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to wrapping that up, uh, but. You know, you kind of provided me with a what it what did you call it machete f- flowchart or machete order?
1: Yeah, so the machete the machete watch order is actually like a established thing online that someone else created. So oh, okay. I basically did a, a modified version of it based on what you had already seen and kind of your direction. Okay, um, so-, so just
0: to recap, I've seen. As a young child, the original trilogy, though most of the details escape me because I was young. Uh, in recent years, I have rewatched episode four, which is the first episode of the original trilogy, right? Correct. Okay, so I've seen episode four. Uh, I saw Rogue One in theaters. Uh, two weekends ago, I watched Solo. Which was really fun, and then I have started Rebels, and then of course I'm current, completely current with The Mandalorian.
1: That's pretty, pretty solid, pretty solid start.
0: So once once I wrap up with Rebels, which I'm sure I will do before Mandalorian finishes, uh, where where do I go next in your order?
1: Um. So essentially, once you finish Rebels, I believe. Okay, so you've watched all that jazz. Hmm. <laughs> oh, okay. Here we go. Yeah. So I got. I have an, Your. You have your very own order of things here. Um... So you're going to watch *The Empire Strikes Back* after *Rebels*. Okay. Um, so essentially, that is
0: what you at the epi- like the second episode? Yeah, the original trilogy, the second movie ever, five.
1: episode five. <laughs> yeah. So essentially, your order is kind of it's unique in the fact that you rewatched episode four, A *New Hope*, very first Star Wars movie. I think it's really important for that to be the first movie for some people, just because it was the first movie. Period. Um. So then you watch Rogue One, and that kind of just gives you the backstory on that movie, right? Because they they touch perfectly. Mm-hmm. I think in a perfect world, I might have people watch Rebel or Rogue One first. Um yeah, and then I mean, in, doesn't
0: it basically lead like right up to the start of Episode Four?
1: Yeah. Um, so those two could get swapped around either way. Um, but I think Solo is cool because it just gives you backstory on some. Key characters that show up in episode five. Um, and then Rebels just kind of really fills in a lot of more kind of Rogue One stuff. So, really, it would go Rebels, Rogue One, episode four if you're going chronological. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, next, after Rebels, you should watch Empire Strikes Back. Um, and then you'll take a very big flashback.
0: <laughs> flashback detour
1: yeah before you get to finish the original trilogy okay. um so basically, basically i
0: go episode five and then through the original or the second the trilogy which is the yep. prequels
1: yeah but
0: in, in between th-
1: those movies you're gonna watch the clone wars oh
0: jeez, never gonna finish this why yeah. have i why have i waited so long um we just recorded an episode the other night with uh with our friend Chad from That Strange, so get hyped for that. It's it was a really fun episode. It'll be out uh you know here in on the 30th. Um but yeah, I was kinda explaining to him that like I've put off Star Wars uh for a very dumb reason, and it was because uh, you know, everyone likes Star Wars so much, and I was just like, I don't I I don't want to like it if everyone else likes it. <laughs> like <laughs> Uh, but i've learned the error in my ways and now i'm trying to make up for lost time and enjoying every second of it
1: yeah rebels is rebels is a good series and it, it's gonna shed its its four kids thing like halfway through season two and it's just gonna take off
0: it's great nice i can't Probably. wait uh, the characters are really cool and fun
1: yeah, it's got kind of like one of the best endings to a series and to a Star Wars thing.
0: There is nice. All right, well, don't want to keep you guys here too much longer. So thank you for you know, joining us this week as we break down Chapter Twelve, the Siege. Um, if you haven't already, if this is your first uh, episode listening to the Mandalorian Companion series. Go back and listen to all of our other episodes uh, covering you know every episode so far in season two, um, or if you've never listened to Showboys, uh, we have a whole host of other episodes that are not related to Star Wars that you should check out. Um, you can find all of our links on our Linktree page, so that's linktr.ee/showboyspodcast, and and on there. You know, you have all of the platforms that our podcast is available on and all of our social media page links. And, yeah, so make sure you go check us out, follow us on the socials, Um, like and rate and subscribe where possible. And we just thank you so much for listening, and we appreciate you. And, uh, yeah, I guess the last thing would be to, you know, don't be afraid to reach out. You know, throw some comments up on our Facebook page, or Instagram, or YouTube, uh, you know, pages for our episodes. Um, we really enjoy interacting with you, so you know, don't be afraid. Uh, yeah, and thank you, SJT, for allowing us to use your amazing remix of the Mandalorian theme song, which you are hearing right now. So make sure that you go and follow him. All of his links are in our episode description, and enjoy this amazing beat, we have spoken.
1: And the crowd goes wild.
0: Ah, woo, yeah!